Hello, 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 and welcome again to another of my podcast episode. You are now tuned in with Frida, your host, bringing you the most of part three, getting your house in order. Oh my, oh my. I tell you the information from part one and part two, it may be lengthy, but let me just say this I need to say. If one, two, or three hours can change 10, 20, and 30 years of your life, invest in it. And I'm not just talking about investing for it to just sit on a shelf. You know, we go out and we'll buy stuff and we'll just sit it on the shelf or hang in the closet for 10, 20, 30 years. But I'm saying something that's going to bless your life. If you begin to operate in the information to put on a checklist to say, you know what, God, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to clean this out of my house. I'm going to clean this out of my house, your natural house and your spiritual house. When you start working on cleaning things out, I'm telling you, you can lay down at night and you feel so much better. Have you ever just cleaned your house up and then just took a shower and just laid down? Don't it make you feel good? Oh, it make me feel good. When I know my house clean, my body clean, and I just lay there. Oh, like I just rest so much better. And I'm telling you, when we start cleaning up things in our spiritual life, it will make our lives begin to work better and feel better. We'll feel better because we'll stop having so many problems in our house. Let me just say, because we covered the works of the flesh in Galatians, you know, uh, chapter five and um, in, 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 in verse 19 through 21. And now we're going to talk about some of the works that we can put in motion to clean our houses. You know, when we clean up, we need cleaning solutions and ways to help us clean. But I want to say, <clears throat> a lot of times what we go through, it comes through um, how we use our mouth. How we use our mouth. You know, we say things and it comes into motion. You know, a lot of times people may say, oh, we're going to get drunk tonight. And that's exactly what you do. Or some people may say, oh, well, I know I'm, I target that guy. Oh, I'm going to get him. And so what you doing when you target that man that you want to get, you already premeditating on committing fornication. Or if a woman says they target somebody's husband, even if he say something to you, because you know what? When we get grown, see, that's what I love about God. He let me know that the only way I can truly worship God in spirit and in truth. So no matter how much spiritual relationship we believe we have with God. If we don't want to embrace the truth, we are still lacking a vital component of serving God. Never allow the truth to offset you. When you're a person that rejects truth, you are falling under one of the works of the flesh. And I tell you as the truth, one of our greatest downfalls is our mouth. I got to say this before I give you these cleaning supplies to clean your house, to get your house in order. 
is our mouth. We use it for idle talk. We use it to tell lies and rumors about others. You know, this mouth, what we call gossip, tail bearing, all that is forbidden. And that's in Leviticus 19 and 16. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 16. That mouth, it can cause friction. That's in Proverbs 16, 28. And this mouth is destructive. That's 1 Timothy 5 and 13. And the Bible says that it warns against associating people, associating now with people who are tall bearers, who whisperers. And, I, and you know, when we grew up, we used to be like that. You know, the, the parents would tell them, don't whisper, that's rude. I didn't understand what that meant, but okay, we obeyed them. Because when you're whispering, you know what that says? Especially in front of people. Oh, that is such, oh, that's so rude. Because if you need to whisper, that means you're saying something you already know everybody don't need to hear because it's not nice. Ooh, let me say that again. Because I see little kids do it. When you feel the need to whisper, a lot of times you're saying something that's not nice about somebody or you telling a lie. See, sometimes they whisper, they old, they tell lies. They, they kids, though, they make up stuff. But I'm talking about bigger kids. I'm talking about kids when you 10 years or old or over, especially 12. I'm going to say 12 because that's the biblical age when they say Jesus um, became into manhood. So it's just symbolically, okay, we usually use the number 12. Excuse me. But the most important thing. Is that if you got a kids that 12 and they whisper, see, you need to know how to teach them some manners. That's what I think. You need to teach them some manners. Because that's not, that's not of God. That's not a good behavior. Whatever they need to say in front of people. Because people don't whisper when they're not in front of people. They whisper when they're around people because they're saying something they probably don't need to say. So that means they 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 falling already under the heading of gossip, tail bearing, which is forbidden. It causes friction and is destructive. Mm. Now, if you think when the Bible says whisperers, you can look that up in Romans 1 and 29. Whispering, you can look that up in 2 Corinthians 12 and 20. Tell barrels, telling lies, Proverbs 11 and 13. Don't even let your children practice lying. And, and talkers and gossip, that's Proverbs 20 and 19. And even the Bible said you don't have to associate with it. And Ezekiel 36 and 3. Now this information from the Bible. And the scripture that I was saying in part one and two, which I was going to disclose, is that when we allow children to do these sinful and evil, so you may not want to see it for what it is. These are evil trespasses. And there's not an age stipulation when you don't teach them better to know better. Until, if you can say, well, they're just kids, they don't know. Well, it's your responsibility to teach them to know. That's not an excuse because they're little if you don't teach them, 
Then that's when the Bible said the sins fall on the parents. That's Exodus 20 and verse 5. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. So if everything is not going all right in your world, maybe it's because you don't make time to teach your children. So then whatever fall on you, it fall on them. Because when you take five steps backwards, guess what? It affects your children. When you lose your job, it affects your children. When you lose your car, it affects your children. When you get the lights turned off, it affects your children. And it may be because if you're saying I'm doing everything I can to do right, I'm trying to go to school, I'm trying to work, I'm trying to be a productive citizen, but then it's acting out in your children, then maybe because you're not doing what the Bible has instructed you to do. And you're just saying what they children. <laughs> sure they are. And you once was a child, and I once was a child, and we all were children one time. But that does not excuse us from being taught. We may not know it as children, but if you are the grown-up and you know it, then teach us. Teach us how to pray. There were some things even the disciples said to Jesus. They said, Master, teach us how to pray. Just because there's no limitation on teaching somebody. You can't keep making excuses because a person is a chronological age. If they have comprehension skills, that's the level you teach them on. See, you teach people at the level you, they're on. You teach them where you meet them. You teach them at the level that they're on. So if you know you got a child that's a computer whiz and they know how to comprehend everything else that you can ask them and they can about tell you how to cook a full course meal or they can tell you what everything mean and they know the definition of, well, then, okay, then that means that child has comprehensible skills. They comprehend all that other stuff you question your child about. So then that means they are teachable. Anytime you have a teachable child, you will know because that child is smart. So you cannot continue to make excuses and say, well, they're just a child. Well, you can if you want to, because I always say people can do whatever they want to do. That's between them and God. But I'm saying if, if your house is not in order. It may be because you're not making time to teach your child. You know what she able or he able to comprehend. My God. My God. Mm, 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 mm. And then what happens is they fall into trespasses, sin, knowing to do good and does not. That's all a sin is. When they know to do good and does not, the Bible says it's a sin. Google it. Look it up. Put that in there, the scripture that says knowing to do good and does not. Google that. Knowing to do good and does not. You will see the rest of that scripture say it's a sin. So when your child know to do good and you allow them to not do good, you just allow them to operate in sin. You know, people don't like to hear stuff because, you know, they, they children, are, a, a lot of them are, are such an idol worship to them. They think they can't do no wrong, won't do no wrong, won't be no wrong. But see, that in itself is a detachment from reality because all of us do wrong. Children do wrong. We do wrong. Grownups do wrong. It, 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 it's a sad parent to me to, to sit in the mindset to believe your child won't do wrong. It's something stuck. It's some reality detachment. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a messenger. 
And I can give you some scriptures to back that up so you won't think it's just me talking. But everybody should know. And you know, people so quick to say, well, I'm not perfect. Okay, well, that, therefore, if you're not perfect, your child not perfect. Because whatever some seeds you got, you planted it in them too. So if, if how can you think if you're not perfect, your child should be perfect. People need to get real with this thing. These children make mistakes. They commit doing sin according to the Bible. They, some of these kids know what is wrong and they don't do it. It's a knowing to do good and does not. Now, the definition of evil is knowing what you are doing and you are causing hurt to harm and to self and others. And I've heard little kids do that. Now, I'm just telling you what, what the definition is. Now, I'm not calling nobody children no sinner or evil. I'm just reading the definition. But I'm telling you based on the definition, what I have witnessed, what has been manifest. Because, you know, we're going to keep that word out. That manifest is what we can see. So if evil is knowing what you are doing is causing hurt and harm to self and others. And I've seen the children that tell their parents, I'm mad at you. And so I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. It's like they're punishing the parent. And, the, and according to the definition of evil, then that's what a parent is allowing the child to be. And anybody that know the word of truth going to recognize that. So when somebody say something about your kid, don't get upset with these people. Like I say, if you don't like what you hear, work on it. Change it. Start cleaning up your house. If you don't like nobody talk about your house dirty, then don't let it be dirty. But if you don't care... And that's, that, that's when I hear people say, well, I don't care. Who don't care? Why should you live in a world and not have care? And then criticize all the wrongs that go on in the world. Do you not understand that wrong that happens in this world comes from that kind of mindset when a person say they don't care? We should always care about what's good and what's right and what's godly. Amen? Amen. Okay, now let me tell you what you can do. <coughs> Excuse me, this bleach that you can get and this pine soil that you can have to clean up your house. It's in the same book of the works of the flesh. Isn't that something? The works of the flesh is Galatians 5th chapter. Now, the way to clean up your house is through the fruits of the spirit. And that's Galatians, the same chapter, the fifth chapter, right underneath it. Isn't it amazing how God ran them concurrent? He ordained them to be connected together. Just like two buildings that's built and and, 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 and they and they just run right. They, you can run out of one to the other. That's that's so convenient. He gave you the works of the flesh. And now here are the fruits of the spirit. This is how you get your house in order. Galatians 5, 22, 23. Well, of course, you know, you start with not practicing. You start with not practicing any of the works of the flesh. But how do you overcome some of that? The Bible says from Galatians 22 and 23, you overcome those works of the flesh when you implement love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the scripture says against such things, and those are things, there is no law. And a lot of time when people use the word things, they automatically think about tangible. But things are our characteristic traits. And I actually def 
did a breakdown of those fruits of the spirit in my book that's on Amazon. What are you? Because what you are is you are known by your fruits. That's what the Bible said. We are known by our fruits. And when they say against such things, see, there's a prayer that comes to mind, the serenity prayer that says, Lord, help me to accept the things I cannot change. And the wisdom to know the difference. And those things, those are situations that come and arouse from my character of other people's fruits. You know, we can't change anybody. We can only work to change ourselves. Do we get that? See, I don't care how much fussing, cussing, we can enlighten, we can guide. But it's going to take God to drive out the wickedness. And that's where prayer comes in. The power of prayer. And see, binding things. Like, like the scripture says in, in Deuteronomy 6, to bind them as a sign upon your house. It's going to start taking to clean your house up. Get your house in order. Get your house in order. And start cleaning up your house. And a lot of times, you ever notice, when you're cleaning house, if somebody's in that house that really love you, you ever notice something? They'll get up and start helping you. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So when you start cleaning up, the people that love you, they'll either pitch in and help you or they'll get out your way. They'll move and get over in a corner so that, that they don't disturb you or be in your way while you're cleaning. So even though we may not be have the power to change the next person, if we change ourselves, we can have an effect of the people around us to start desiring to make a change. Amen? Amen. And that can be our mate. That can be our children. But Paul taught that Christ came in the flesh and that he lived a sinless life and that our body is God creation and therefore it is good. See, if God created us, we're good. Even though we may do things that are not good, we are good. And so when we operate in the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Self-control, I always got stuck there. I just felt that's the greatest one. It was the last one. But if we don't know how to control ourselves, how can we operate in the other things? You know, if you don't have the main thing that helps keep your house clean, you know, there are some cleaning supplies. You can just take one. You know, I know some people, they might get fabulasso and they'll just use it for everything to clean. And then they have what's called all purpose cleaning. And so it clean a little bit of everything. It'll clean your mirror, it'll clean your metal, it'll clean your wood. It'll, you know, it's all purpose. And see, that's what I think self-control is. It's like that all-purpose cleaning of our fruit of our spirit because we can use it in any one of those areas in love and patience. If we don't have self-control to control ourselves, we'll find ourselves operating in a lot of works of the flesh. But I want to end this part three by saying, know who to share information with. Because remember, everything you do when you're operating in the work of the flesh is manifest. So when you're talking, you're using your mouth, know who to share information with and don't get so caught up in seeking approval of others 
in your seasons of journeying through life. You want your approval to come from God. I know you, we have, we all have people and we all need people to pour in us. It's good to have a mother, a, a father, a sister, a brother, a auntie, a uncle, a girlfriend, a best friend, a husband, a wife. It's good to have these people approval of us. But don't just get stuck in seeking their approval. See, the only way you're going to clean up your house and get delivered from the works of your flesh, you have to begin to think in a mindset. And I'm going to tell you, this is a have to. You don't have to, but in order to change, you will have to. <laughs> do that make sense? You don't have to do anything you don't feel like. But in order to eliminate the works of your flesh, you will have to begin to seek the approval of God. It's going to begin to matter to you what God say and what God thinks and God judgment and statutes and, and commandments. You're going to have to align your house to get it in order with God's approval. If you know God do not approve of you committing fornication, it's going to have to matter to you. If you know that God do not approve of you being envy and hatred and jealous and selfish, it's going to have to matter to you the things that God to seek approval from, not people. See, I put myself on a scale. I do a lot of self-examination. And I said, mm, with God like that, God is not pleased with that. And I know that because whatever we do to please God, he's going to bless it anyhow. Because the Bible gave me that promise. He said, if you do what God say, you can eat the fruit of the land. If you obey God, oh my God, instead of seeking people approval, you can get your house cleaned up real quick. You know, some of us, we can clean, go through our house real quick. And some of us, it take days and days and days. Because we're seeking approval of people. And then we become stagnated. And we don't feel like doing it. I don't want to get up because we spent too much time with people in our ear on the telephone having rap sessions. And all the time we should have been cleaning up our house and getting it in order. And now it's time to go to bed. But we've been on the phone all day or been YouTubing all day or Facebooking all day or on social media all day. And then we got up early that morning with the intent to do these items and clean this house. But now we don't feel like it because we don't consume it, it trying to trying to satisfy our feelings with approval of others because most of the time that's why a lot of people just uh, gravitate to you or put they self all out there you know and i'm not saying this to, because like i said people put their own self on front street everything people do is manifest that means you put it out there yourself boo you can't get upset because you can get upset if you choose to but i mean it's it, there's no need to because you can't change what you keep putting out there before people now, if you share that information with people, people see if you are enamored. And if anybody don't know what that word means, that word means that you think that you are so glamorized that everybody in the world need to see a picture of you on your timeline all day, every day. That's an enamored spirit. And see, when I see people like that, and I'm not talking about nobody, I'm just telling you my, my perception. When I see people who post a picture two and three and four times, not every now and then, but every day. Who do you think need to look at you in your face on social media? I'm just saying some people just 
are enamored. I mean, it's nothing wrong if you're an attractive person. Don't get me wrong. But if, if somebody done seen you every day, two or three times every day, that's a spirit where a person is enamored. Look that word up and define what it means, enamored. When you think that you're so glamorous, that's your perception. But just because you put your picture, you can put your picture out there a hundred times and people may not like it because they might be tired of looking at you. I'm just keeping it 1,000. Okay, how many likes you need for how you look in one day to put more than one picture? I see some people and I just say, God bless them. God bless them. Because really, why do you even want people to consume their time in life? And that's why sometimes if I tell you you look good one time and it's a pretty picture. Okay, that's enough for me. I'm just talking about me. In one day. But if I see two or three or four, four, five more pictures, why do I need to keep telling you how you look? Go to a mirror. If it's that important. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Let me move on because I don't want to step on nobody's toes. But I'm just saying. I'm just keeping it real. If you see where you put three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pictures a day, every day, 365 days of the year, and people start liking it, maybe because it's an overkill. Maybe because it's glutton. It's just excessive. It's excessive. And it's too much. And if you need that type of stroking of ego, all that tells me is you are still seeking approval of people. Because they know how you look. God know how you look. Why do you keep needing approval of how you look? See, that just lets me know when I see people like that, I pray for them because I know it's something inside of them that they haven't received the deliverance that has damaged them. And they need affirmation. Because that's the only time we're going to constantly repeat doing the same thing over and over and over. We do that through prayer, supplication, and affirmation. So when somebody wants you to keep looking at their picture all day long, all throughout the day, every day. My God. Are they seeking approval of others? I have placed in my spirit for God's will to be done through you. And that a healing angel will change in your daily habits. I pray that. That a healing angel will change in your daily habits. And that you will begin to, to process a movement to exercise each day. Cleaning out your house. Cleaning out your house. And I believe that when you begin to do these things, when you begin to examine the works of the flesh that everybody can see, and everybody don't mean uh, uh, the whole world. Everybody can mean one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people in your circle. But everybody in your circle, you, whatever works you do, it's going to manifest. Whoever you're doing and whatever you think you're sleeping and dipping and slipping and slide, somebody see you. Because God said he put all sin on the housetop. Amen. All sin get put on the housetop. That's in Proverbs. But when you're exercising each day, I pray, exercising, cleaning your house. I believe and I'm going to declare and decree when you begin cleaning your house, God is going to make a turnaround and a full restoration in everything that you've lost along the way. Your children will begin to align and get in order and new dimensions will begin to be released in your life, in your finance, and you will receive. Mm. 
health and healing to your bones. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, but first and foremost, in Jesus' name, I pray that we love and we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul and with all of our might. And we establish this first. And I pray that God will help connect you in your guidance and help you to learn daily to take his yoke and learn of him and lean not to your own understanding. But in the understanding of God and not in the understanding of others. And that in your love that you would choose and you would choose to call on people in leadership positions who have a better understanding in, in this position of cleaning your house. And God would give you the right people to go to. Because when damaged people go to damaged people, oftentimes they receive damaged information. So I'm praying and, 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 and that you be positioned and God will give you the right people to go to. And not just for you, but for your seed, for your children, your children, children, for your husband, for your wife. Oh, my God. And that as he strengthened you in love on your mission and your purpose in life to lead and guide your children as parents for husbands to lead and guide their wives in the right direction to go. That the effects will bring you results that is divinely ordered. Hallelujah from God. And you will begin to continue to diligently seek him and being steadfast and unmovable. And every opposition that try to come your way to distract you or attract you. Be diligent in your work. Be patient. Oh God, I pray that. Be patient. And set aside a time. Try to set aside a time to clean up your house every day. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And as you continue to commune with God. That you will receive all the answers for the truth and the right direction. And your land will continue to flow with milk and honey. In Jesus' name, for Christ's sake, amen, amen, amen. And I just want to conclude with saying, you know, when I said set aside a time in the prayer. You know, we used to pick a day back in the days that we were going to clean up. So Saturday used to be our cleanup day. Our thorough cleaning. You know, we kept things tidy through the week. And I know some old school sisters. I went to visit my friend with that. You know, I, I get so blessed when I see her because she still follow that protocol. Soon as she wake up every morning, you know, she would clean up her house. And back in the old school days, that's what we used to do. We would get up, make up our bed, sweep, vacuum, and then we would do breakfast. You know, if it's just, you know, the children gone to school, then we would do breakfast. Now, we did the opposite. When the children was out of school, we'll get up and we would clean on Saturdays, make up, start, uh, I mean, make breakfast and then start cleaning. So Saturdays, we would we would cook first and then clean. But through the week when they were gone to school, we would clean first and then cook. So when we cooked our breakfast, we sat down and we ate it in peace and our house was in order. Oh, my God. So set aside a time, what I'm saying, in your life. Set aside a time and say, well, Lord, help me 
to set aside a time to seek you in the morning. And it can start with baby steps. You know, start with implementing a prayer, not just for yourself, but even for your child. I used to lay in the bed sometime and my children, you know, they didn't wear uniforms. So they had to come in the room and I had to examine what they were wearing in school because I always thought it was a sad parent. If somebody abducted my child, I'm standing on the news or they done interviewed me and said, well, what were they last wearing? And I couldn't tell them. I used to be like, ooh, how do you parents get on the TV and don't know what their child was wearing? So I made sure to know every morning that if something did happen, I can give a description because that could help save my child's life if I knew what she put on when she went out the house or he put on when they went out of the house. That was very important for me to know. What were they wearing? Because that's the first thing when something happened to your children or they get missed, they're going to ask you for a description of what they were last wearing. So even if I was laying in the bed and they, they had to knock on the door or the door was already open, it was imperative, mandatory. I had to see, I had to know what color ribbons, what color shirt, what color pants and what shoes they had on. Everything I could see from the outside that the police can might see and identify my child, I had to be able to recognize it. So I asked them to come in the room every morning. And when they came in that room, this is what they would do. And I'm going to conclude this podcast of part three. They would read a scripture. I bought a little thing that had scriptures in it. And in one side is a scripture and the other side it explains the scripture, what the scripture means. And they would read that and they would say a prayer for God, a simple prayer. God shield and protect me on my way to school and back home safely. In Jesus name, amen. They would say that. So in the morning, I taught them to seek God early. Now, whether or not they continue to do it, they old enough to, to know it's been put in them. And that's all I'm saying. When we get in our house in order, we can take baby steps in doing things. Start your child to pray. See what they're wearing to school. And I know a lot of them wear uniforms, but you need to know what color shirt they had on. Because some, some of these uniforms have different color shirts. They can wear blue, yellow, or white. You need to know this. So that's one way when they come in for you to see what color shirt they have on or to see because they may have on navy blue pants instead of khaki pants. You want them to come in every morning. Do not let your children leave home. And you don't never know what happened in this day and time. And you can't even give a description of what they were wearing. That means you ain't even look at your child that morning before they left at your house. But I wanted to put my eyes on my children every morning. And when they came in to do that, they would read their little scripture. They take it out the little box and then they put it back in there and they are, they all stand there together, you know, in a group and they hold hands and they say that prayer together and they're going on, on to school. And then at night, you want to be able to even especially little kids start with giving them, let them say their prayers because when they get big enough, you just going to trust them to say them. But while they are yet little, let them be in a format of doing that. See, these are ways, little, little simple things we can start to clean our house. And see, when they say their prayers at night, guess what? You don't be in another room and trust them. You'll be in proximity where you can hear them. And sometimes it's okay because, you know, when mine used to be really, really tiny, I used to get down there with them because you got to repeat it to them. You have to teach. See, when you're teaching how to clean your house up, sometimes you must engage. You cannot disengage in teaching. You must engage. That's just like children going to a classroom and the teacher just sitting at the desk, but she on her phone. 
You'll be upset because you'll be like, my child went to school all day. And she said the teacher didn't do nothing but sit there on her phone. Well, if that's what you're doing in your home, how are you any different? Mm, my God. Woo, that was tight. How are you any different? Your child been home all evening. They spend the biggest of the hours, eight hours at school. They come home and how many hours are you on your cell phone, your handheld device? And they on there. So when anybody got time to do some teaching? Because it's going to be time to go to bed at 9 o'clock. So if the average child get home at 4 o'clock to 9, that means you actually don't have a five hours with your child every day. And if some children don't get home to 5 or 6 o'clock, that's even worse. That means you don't have a three hours. So how are you making time to get your house clean? You know, we had to make time to clean up. Okay, through the week, you you busy, you working, you slut licking, you, you doing that quick clean. That just top surface. But on the weekend, when you're off, or the days you're off, are you thoroughly cleaning your house? Or is that the day you're spending time with your child? You're cleaning your physical house. You're cleaning spiritually. And you're sitting down. And you're talking and you're telling and you're teaching them. My God. My God. My God. I just like to say that I just thank you all for tuning in to this podcast. And I just really hope and pray that you will really take cleaning your house and getting your house in order very seriously. Not because of this message per se. The message is just information. And information is not knowledge unless you put it to use. So I'm not just here for you to hear but for here, for you to act upon what you hear. That's where it becomes profound. And that's if it can only help one person. Because that one person will bless their family. They will bless their children. They will bless themselves by operating and utilizing this information. It's to bless your life. This is your million dollars. This is your lottery ticket. Because money don't put happiness in a home. Money don't put structure and obedience in a home. Money is only good for what it can buy. And that's goods and services. And the services you make and buy someone to come in and train your child. But it's not the parent. And that's who God obligated the parents. Remember Deuteronomy the sixth chapter. Make time to get your house in order and clean your house. Amen. Pick you a day. Start out small. The more you repeat cleaning your house, guess what? The quicker it'll take you to clean it. You won't have to use so much energy. And people, you know, they used to, you know, I, I, I know, I know I was talked about every time you go to her house, she got clean. But you know why I kept it clean? Because the more I practice keeping it clean daily, the less I had to do on my off day to clean it. See, when I worked and I would get up and do little things, I got up in time before I went to work. I never like rushing out to work and leave my bed unmade and leave things disarrayed because I knew my sanctity, if you listen to part two, my sanctity when I come home, I want to relax. 
Like I said, there's nothing that feels more exhilarating in your spirit when your house looks good, smells good, and you took a shower and you lay down. So I knew when I came home from a hard day's work and I had to lay down in the only place that I, I knew that nobody else had any control over. I don't went all out all day doing things to please other people, customer service, giving up other my time to other people, bosses, people under me, people over me. So the only thing I had control over was my world, my shelter, my my house. I can control what happens in there. I wanted a harmonious, smelling good, peaceful, clean environment. And I kept it so much when I pull out to put on, I pick up. I worked on my house daily. So when the weekend came, I didn't have to take a whole day to clean my house thoroughly. I just hit the bathrooms in the kitchen thoroughly. You know, so that's when you just mop and dust. Because the rest of the house is almost in order. And it's the same way with God. When we begin to practice putting this information in practice and you're starting and you're taking room by room and you're cleaning little things out of our lives. And we're cleaning little things out of our lives. And we're getting rid of adultery and fornication and lasciviousness and hatred and envy and jealousy and drunkenness and rivalry. And, and, and all those works of the flesh which hinders us if we keep practicing them from inheriting the kingdom. When we start cleaning them out of our lives, if we just do a little bit each day. Then that way it don't take so much. But even if we don't. Then when Saturday come. The big cleaning day. Sit down. Examine yourself. Always keep yourself. Under the microscope. Because at the end of the day. The more you take that Bible. And learn of God. You will be held accountable. You and only you. Will be held accountable. For working out your own salvation. Not your mother. Not your daddy. Not your child. Not your sister. Not your brother. Information from knowledge. Experience. And memos. Write yourself some memos. Write yourself some memos. I used to have little index cards. And one time I was learning scriptures. I was writing them on the index card. I had them stuck on my mirror in my bathroom because I knew I was going in there each morning. And this is how I started taking little steps. And I had some on the side of my bed. And when I eventually bought the little box that I told you my kids used to read, boy, that was ideal. And when God had me to study 1 Corinthians 13 uh, on, on love, I walked into this Fred's one day, Fred's store. And I had to study this, this for 40 days. And I was reading and reading every morning. And on the seventh morning, I was like, oh, God, I'm just coming in every morning. I would get in my bathroom through my absolutions. My Bible stayed in my bathroom. And that's another thing. You sit in the bathroom. If you don't do that, let me give you that tidbit. If I'm telling you, put a Bible in your bathroom because you're going to sit there. That's a room. You, If you don't clean it up, you're going to visit it. Oh, Amen. You will visit your bathroom. So because my time restraint, I put kept a Bible in my bathroom. 
So whenever I went in there to sit down for my absolutions, I would pick it up and read. I would pray, okay, God, what, what should I read today? And that's how this very study came. I asked God that question one morning. That was in November, November the 20th, 2011. And I said, okay, God, what should I read today? And he said, you need to read Galatians chapter 5. And as I was reading it, I began to come up on the works of the flesh. Then later, he said, now, when you get, when you get ready to, to sit still on the weekend, I need you to study those works. I want you to take every one of those words and I want you to write the definition. And then I want you to go back and look over your life and see what you need to work on to clean some of this stuff out of you. See, that's what we do. But it can start small. Everybody go to the rat, to the to that room, the bathroom. Put a Bible in there. Mm, my God. If you don't do number, read you a scripture a day. Anybody with children, look at what they have on. If you don't do number later and listen to them say a prayer, just ask them to do it. And if they say they don't know how, then you know you really need to do some teaching. But if they know a prayer, listen to them when they say a prayer. I tell you, I just thank God for all that he has blessed me to encounter and endure and to know. And I hope and pray again as I sit up forth the prayer that this information be instrumental in your life and you will begin to put it into action and that the glory of the Lord and your life will become an allowance and a choice, a conscious choice for the allowance that God gives to you. Not just because you armed with this information now, but because God has given you life. As your allowance. You know how you give kids an allowance. As a treat. Or as a reward. Well just the very breath of life. That you have. Is an allowance. Given from God. It's a treat. And it's a reward. So what are you going to choose. To give in return. No parent. Will continuously give allowances. And treats. To children that's undeserving, who's unappreciative. You know, it's nothing breaks a parent's heart more than making allowances and sacrifices and rewarding your child with treats. And they mistreat you and they speak to you improper and rude and do anything to embarrass you. Let us be mindful that God is our Father and He gives us an allowance of life, and that's a treat and a reward. What are you going to choose in return for that allowance? Get your house in order. Get your house in order. Get your house in order. Clean up some things in your life. Amen. As always, you've been tuned in to WDGS on your podcast station. And I pray that the goodness of the Lord flow, 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 flow down from heaven. Meet all of your needs. May you not have a need which is different from a want. And if you have any wants and they're good wants, 
that God will meet those. And as you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. And that you will continue to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. You have a beautiful, blessed allowance of life. And don't be deterred by these podcasts and looking at the time frame. Because, see, sometimes it takes some people a little longer to clean up their house than others. When you've been, when you've been, Letting stuff go and pile up and pile up and build up, it's going to take you longer. So you got to listen to these podcasts, rewind them, revisit them, reflect upon them. Because if you have let stuff piled up in your life and you haven't been cleaning house and your house is way out of order, it may take you to listen to them a couple of times to get you stirred up and motivated. You know, sometimes we need motivation to clean up. I'm just saying, we need some motivation to clean out sometimes. So I hope and pray this part, these podcasts, part one, two, and three will do just that. And if you don't need all that because your house is pretty much in order, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. But sometimes when you're just sitting and chilling, you know, in your downtime and you're relaxing, maybe you miss something. Like when you watch a movie and you go back and watch it again. Maybe you miss something that God made a warning to help you a quick, a quick method. You know, sometimes we can be cleaning a certain way all these years. And then, and like I say, making, making giblet gravy. And then all of a sudden, I've been making it the same way for years. But God showed me a quicker way that was even more tastier. You know, so we always are open to opportunities to learn and gleam and embrace. Amen. Amen. Again, may you prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast, oh, how I love you all. I appreciate you. I appreciate you tuning in. And I know even more so, God appreciates you because it is his word. We're talking about what did God say? Not about, not about Alfreda, not about your hostess, but God. What shall you render to God? Are you caught up? The same God that give you time to listen to this podcast. Will you render this time to him? And not be so caught up in, oh, that's too long. That's too lengthy. Don't you want a long, lengthy life? But it's the same information about God that's going to help you. He said he'll prolong your life. Remember, Deuteronomy the sixth chapter. God bless you. Beautiful, beautiful, fabulous Friday. I love you all. Till the next time. God bless.